Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. I believe the book of Psalms, 78, we're going to start there. We've got a good word for you today. Psalm 78. And we're going to turn to verse 41. Psalm 78, 41. Notice what it says here. It says, yes, again and again they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. We got one oh my and complete crickets in the house of God. Let that not be us today. Again and again. You ever heard, you know, when somebody says, you just tempted me right now. You tested me right now. Don't do that to God. Just don't do that to God. That's not, that's not the person you want to do that with. But notice why. Because you limited the Holy One of Israel. So if you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is, Take the Limits Off. Take the Limits Off. And so we just read in this passage in Psalm 78, 41, it says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. Now, if I didn't see this in my Bible, it would be hard for me to believe this was true. Because we believe God can do all things. He's all powerful. He's all knowing, which he is. But in our lives, we can limit him because we have our own will. We have our own choice. And we can have as much of God as we want or as little of God as we want in our life. And it says that God's people limited God in what he could do in their life. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. All of us in here, you can limit what God can do in your life based off your own will and your own choices. God wanted to bless his people. He wanted to heal his people. He wanted to free his people. He wanted to help his people. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to accomplish his plan. But you can limit how much God does that in your life. Look what it says in Psalm 78, 41 in the Passion. Again and again, they limited God and prevented him from blessing them. That's what we do when we limit God in our life. Again and again, we can limit God and prevent him from blessing us. Bringing the blessing into our life by limiting God. Now, today specifically, I want to talk about one of the greatest ways I feel like that we limit God in our lives. The time of my message is take the limits off. I mean, we have a choice. We can leave them on or we can take them off. But for me and this church, I want to be a person who takes the limits off what God can do in my life. God, I don't want to be a hindrance to what you're doing in my life. I'm going to take off every limit I can so you can do whatever you want to do in my life. The blessing can flow freely. Healing can flow freely. Success can flow freely. Relationships can be the right way. Our church can go to where it needs to go. Don't let me be the person who stops you from doing something great in my life. By limiting you. And let's be honest, a lot of us in here that complain that God's not doing anything, it's no, you're limiting what God can do in your life 
by your own choices. Now, we're going to go somewhere today. I feel like you're already with me. But one of the greatest ways, and this is what we're going to talk about the rest of the service, the great, one of the greatest ways I feel like that we limit God in our lives is the way we think. So the rest of this service, we're going to talk about that. Take the limits off. So we limit or hinder God in our life by the way we think. Psalm 23 in verse 7, the first part says this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You are living in the harvest of your thought life. What you sowed in your thinking yesterday, you're reaping today. As you think in your heart, so are you. No more and no less. Just real practically, if God calls you healed and you don't think healed, as you think, in your heart, so are you. Even though God has this available for you, if you think wrong, you can limit the healing that God can bring in your life. God calls you prosperous. God calls you more than enough. But if you think poverty, you'll live in poverty. For as you think, so are you. Your thinking limits God. What about in relationships? Well, God could only do this in my relationship. But he says you can have this type of relationship. As you think in your heart, so are you. That's why this morning we need to talk about let's take the limits off of God. Let's not limit the Holy One of Israel, what He can do in our life. For as we think in our hearts, so are we. If you don't like your life, change your thinking. If you don't like the results you're getting, change your thinking. If you don't like the harvest you're receiving, change what you're sowing. This morning, you need to understand this. You will live to the level of your thinking. No more, no less. You will live, hear me clearly, to the level of your thinking. Even though God has all of this available for you, if you think down here, you will live down here. No matter how much people pray for you, no matter how much God loves you, no matter how much he wants to do in your life, you will live to the level of thinking in your life. For as you think in your heart, so are you. That's why it's so important we get into God's word and get God's thoughts and God's thinking and God's mind on it because we need to come up to his way of thinking. Because we're not automatically there. Actually, the Bible says we're nowhere close to there. In Isaiah, it says that my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. So guess who needs to change? Not God, we do. We got to come up to his way of thinking, his way of doing things, his thoughts, his mind, and that's a choice that we all have to make. But notice when we do that, and we do that through getting in God's word and letting God's word change our mind or renew our mind to his thinking, our life will rise to the level of our thinking. You live to the level of your thinking. So, 
If God has a plan for you up here and you think here, you'll live here. But pastor, people have prophesied that over me. Doesn't matter. As you think in your heart, so are you. If you want the prophecy, then think in line with the prophecy, not your life right here. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. Well, God said I could have this. God said I could do this. Great. As you think in your heart, so are you. We need to come up to his way of thinking. But when we don't do that, what do we do? We limit what God can do in our life. The verse says, you have limited the Holy One of Israel, and you have tempted God. Here's just a modern translation. You've irritated God. You really bugged God. Why? Because he couldn't do what he wanted to do in your life because you wouldn't change the way you thought. How many know that grieves God when he can't bless you the way he wants to bless you and he can't do what he wants to do in your life and, and you don't step into the plan he has for you because of your stinking thinking? How many know that bothers God, that upsets God in the same way with your own children when they're not living in the fullness of what they're called to do? That bothers you because you wish you could bless them more and do more for them, and, but it's their choice. It's the same way with us and God. It's our choice. And so it says, don't tempt God. Don't test him. Don't try his patience. Don't limit him. For what he can do in your life. Don't limit God. But we limit God by our thinking. Are you still getting something today? You will live to the level of your thinking. No more and no less. Here's uh, the truth about your thinking. You are a product of your thought life. But you don't have to be a prisoner of it. You can change. I said this morning, you can change. Now, you're a product of your thought life. True. Today, you're living in your thought life that you've had for all these years. But you're not a prisoner of it. Only you choose to be a prisoner of it. Now, I love studying the Bible. I love studying theology. I love studying leadership stuff. But I love studying stuff about your soul. In your mind, your will, your emotions. I love studying like wellness and health. And I love studying stuff about your brain. And because I needed that. So, so I love diving into that. And I love this th- thing really in the past few decades they've understood in brain science. Is that your brain can change. Now, we're talking about studies written by people that aren't even Christian, some of them. But they've studied that your brain has this ability, it's called neuroplasticity, that it can change based off your thinking. And they used to think many years ago, and some still live by that lie, that your brain is your brain and you think the way you think and you're stuck. That's not true. First of all, the Word of God says it's not true, but now... Brain science and neuroscience has said it's not true. Actually, your brain can change. And they've also said as well that they used to think when you were younger, your brain was moldable and changeable. But when you got older, you were stuck. They found that that's not true either. 
no matter what your age, no matter what your race, no matter what your gender, no matter what your background, your brain can change based off intentional thinking. We're, now, we're just talking about brain science for a second here. And they found this out. So let me share a few things with you about this. They found out that your brain can change by focused and intentional thinking on the right things. The problem is most of us never think about what we're thinking about. <laughs> so guess what you have in here? A bunch of mess. Little good thought, little bad thought, little half thought, little fearful thought, little faith thought. You just got a mixed bag of thoughts, and that's why your brain is the way it is. That's why your thinking is the way it is. And it will never change that way by accepting just every thought and everything that comes to your brain like, oh, this is just the way I think. No, it's not. That's the way you've chosen to think. And if you want to have a different life, you have to change the way you think. Because you will live to the level of your thinking. Now, once again, now, why are we talking about this? Because the way we think is the number one way I feel that limits God in our life. We've got to take the limits off. So when studying this, they found out that you can create new pathways, new habits, new learning, new thinking, and your brain can completely change based off focus and intentional thinking. Now, this is what happens, and there is some partial truth in this. When people say it's, well, I've thought this way for a long time. It's just the way I think. There's some truth to that. The truth is this. Your brain just like the rest of you, is lazy. <laughs> Let me finish what I'm going to say. Your brain and thought life goes to the path of least resistance. So guess what? If you have, have trash pathways in your brain for all these years, it's easily going back down that pathway. Why do addicts do what they do? And they hate it. And they're trying to stop. But yet, every time they're stressed, they go back to the alcohol they hate. They go back to the porn they hate. They go back to the cocaine they hate. They go back to the marijuana they hate. Why do they do that? Because that's a well-worn pathway in their brain, and their brain goes to the path of least resistance. Now, that's a little dramatic. Maybe you guys don't have those issues, but you have all sorts of issues that are just as bad for your health. You go down that same worry pathway, that same poverty pathway, that same sickness pathway, that same depression pathway, that same, well, this is just the way it is pathway. All lies, but it's easy for you to think that way because that's the way you've always thought. And your thinking will limit what God can do in your life. You will live to the level of your thinking. But here's the good news. By focus and intentional thinking on the right thing, which is God's word, you can change your brain. You can change your thoughts. But at the beginning, just a heads up, it's going to be a little hard. It's going to be a little difficult. Because those old pathways you have to avoid. And that's going to be hard to choose that sometimes. But the more you choose that, the more those pathways will go away 
And when you start new ones, then those will become the, your go-to easier pathways to take now that are healthy, that are right, that are based off God's word. But it's going to take some time and focused and intentional thinking to change your brain and change your life. As you think in your heart, so are you. We limit God by our thinking. Now, I quoted you a verse and I gave you neuroscience. I don't know what else you want from me today. <laughs> they both agree. You can change your brain. You can change your thoughts. But notice what happens. You have to be focused and intentional about what you think about. Not just, well, I can't help it. This is what, just the way I think. Okay. That's the life you'll have. All right. Talking to myself too. The good news is you can rewire your brain by intentional and focused thinking. But you know what? Your Bible says something just like this. Neuroscience calls it rewiring your brain. The Bible calls it renewing your mind. Apostle Paul knew this way before a neuroscientist figured this out. Now let's turn to Romans 12 and verse 2. This is what the Apostle Paul says to the Roman church. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed into a new person by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, could we leave this verse up here for a moment because I want to preach about it. Notice it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, the first part I want to talk about, do not be conformed to this world. We have all been formed by this world. We think the way we think because of this world. And, and that word in the original implies the idea of someone who's being molded. Something that's being pressed into a mold. Something that's becoming the copy of something else. It implies when it talks about being conformed, that means that the world has made your mind restricted and limited in its ability. It's amazing that worldly people act like they're so out of the box and they think so different, but they're actually all just copies of each other. I just think so new and different. No, you don't. It's the same nonsense that happened in the 60s and the 20s and the 1800s and the 1500s and the Apostle Paul dealt with this 2,000 years ago. It's the same stuff. Different day. Same stuff. But this word says, and do not be conformed to this world, because when we're conformed, we are being formed by the world around us. And it messes with the way we think. It's, be, it's molding our mind and our thinking into the way it wants us to think, which is usually not God's word. It's, it's conforming our mind or forming it in a way that's making it so restricted and limited if God wanted to do something in our life, he couldn't because we're so conformed to the way the world thinks. 
Now, whether you chose this or not, this is automatically happening to all of us in here. It's our default setting. You just live in this world, you're going to be conformed. Now, how do we change it? By intentional and focused thinking, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, that's something we have to put some effort into. Now, we said this word conformed, part of it means to be limited and restricted. And we have to be honest enough to realize we've all been formed by this world. And if it's not godly, and if it's not God's word, it is limiting our life. Whether we see it or not, trust me, it's limiting your life in some way for God to do something great in it. Now, the word limiter... The most basic definition means a person or a thing that limits. Revelation, I realize that. <laughs> now, when I saw this word limiter, the first thing I thought of was golfing. Now, I don't play golf as much as I would like to. I've really been meaning to get back out there. I've been telling Josh Lowry that. I told Weeds that. I told a couple other people that I miss going to play golf. But you know what? There's something more than I like than hitting the golf ball is driving the golf cart. If we ain't riding in the golf cart, I ain't going. Because that's half the fun when you're playing golf. Now, when you play golf like me, that's like 80% the fun because you're not playing super great. I don't go to the golf course to drag my golf clubs around I go because I like to play and like to be around other people but I like driving the golf cart there's something about it but there's something about golf carts that irritates me golf carts have limiters on them so that people like me can't drive it as fast as they want to drive it on the golf course because they realized they would have a lot of accidents, a lot of people would be getting hurt, a lot of golf courses would be getting destroyed by people with an unlimited golf cart speed. But it bugs me because I'm pressing the gas as hard as I can, and it doesn't go as fast as you would like because there's a limiter on it. And I was thinking about this word limiter, and why do they put the limit on the golf course or, or golf court? cart they they put it on a golf cart or even they they put it on regular cars and they, and they put it on other things because they want to restrict the power and speed it has so they can control it so they put a limiter on it but you know the enemy and the world wants to put a limit on us as well because it wants to take our power from us it wants to take our speed from us. It wants to take God's ability from us. And it wants to control us by conforming us to the way that they are thinking. And if the world can conform us, they can keep our minds so limited that God won't be able to do what he wants to do in our life. Because like Psalm said, we have limited the Holy One of Israel. So just like a golf cart that you go and use at the golf course has a limiter, so do a lot of things in our life are limiters on our thinking on how far we can go 
on what we can do, on what God has for us. And that happens by the world conforming us or forming us to the way they think. Now, the next section of this message, I want to talk about some things that are limiters in our thinking. Now, when I go down this path, there's a potential of some of you getting sensitive. So I want to say ahead of time, I love you as your pastor. Let somebody talk straight to you and pastor you. And if what I said would take some limits off your thinking in your life, maybe you should be open to what I'm saying. Because I'm going to talk about some sacred cows that limit our thinking and ultimately limit what God can do in our life. So we said, the Bible says don't be conformed to this world. Don't think in a way that's limited, but be transformed Become a new person and think unlimited by the renewing of our mind. So what are some things that, whether we know it consciously or not, limit the way we think or affect our thinking? Now, I said don't be offended, right? So we're not going to be offended. So here's one of the main ones where we get some limits in our thinking. Our family. Yep. Yep. Stay with me. See, we've been taught so wrong, people can't even talk straight about somebody's family without them getting offended. And they could be completely wrong and hurt in your life, and you'll defend them to the death. See, you ain't saying nothing right now when I said that. Stop defending them. If they're wrong, they're wrong. I'm siding with God. I'm siding with God's word. I'm not going to be limited. Still quiet. Yeah, okay. Don't talk about my family, Pastor. (laughs) The family we were raised in, the family of our origin, (laughs) affects the way we think more than we realize. And I would say majority of time, we are born with limiters all over our thinking because of the family we were raised in. And until you deal with that, you will never move forward. You will never be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you will limit what God can do in your life because you'd rather be loyal to your family's way of thinking than loyal to God's word and what he can do in your life. It's not right. Now, don't imply something I'm not saying. I'm not saying go tell your family off today. I'm not saying don't go to Christmas. I'm not saying even say anything to him about it. I'm saying for you in your mind, decide I'm going to think different if the way my family thinks is wrong. Come on now, somebody. Now, I'm going to just start throwing out things, and so if your, your toes get stepped on, let it be. But notice if we don't talk about it, you'll still think this is normal and right in the way you should think. But no pastor ever addressed it because he was afraid about your feelings about your family. Stop being touchy. Your family is God and God's people. End of story. Whether they're blood or not. Okay, don't get me on this. <laughs> Listen, I love my father. and My father taught me everything I know. But if dad decided to do something different with his life tomorrow, guess what? Yeah. 
Me and him ain't close like we used to be. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, why? No, because I'm not going to let anyone affect my thinking. Of course, you know, in that story, I guess I would probably be the person that wouldn't be thinking right. I didn't want to. I, once I said that out loud, I was like, let me back those steps up. So I guess dad would be distancing himself from me. Guess that's why he's not here this morning. I don't know. Son, I need some space. Your thinking's not right. Okay. Here's one thing. Most people's family does not think right about money. They don't. Now, now, how do we know if it's right or wrong? If it's not God's word, it's wrong. <laughs> I don't care how wise and clever it sounds, it's still wrong. But why does that matter? Because that way of thinking will limit your life. It will limit your family. It will li limit your children in the future. Because you're going to pass on what they pass to you. And sometimes what they pass to you is not something worthy of being passed on. Decide some of those ways of thinking stops with you in your house. No, it's not going to my children. It's not going to be in this house. It's not going to my grandchildren. It stops with me. I love you, mom and dad or grandparents, whoever said what you said, but I'm not going to be limited. Most people don't think right about money. Most families have a poverty mentality. They do. They think poverty about the neighborhood they live in. They think poverty about the car they drive. They think poverty about their groceries. They think poverty about getting gas. They think poverty about everything. Because they haven't renewed their mind to God's word about abundance and prosperity. Hear what I'm saying. I'm not talking about spending money you don't have and acting like you're prosperous. I'm saying in the way you think, you need to start thinking prosperous. And as you think, so you are. Many years ago, dad would mention this. And my grandma's in heaven, so she can't hear this anyways. But dad's real mom, they had a poverty mentality. He said many times she kept that little cup in the kitchen. And that's where their lunch money came from. That's where their grocery money came from. And it would just be coins and dollars. That's the way they thought. Dad's stepdad was a baker. His mom was a stay-at-home mom. They had four kids. They didn't have a lot of money. But dad said he had to get out of the cup mentality. I'm not going to live my life off a cup mentality when God has the cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> when God says all the gold and all the silver are mine. The God that created the whole universe is beyond a cup and some change. I realize if that's all your family had, God bless them. Don't disrespect them for that. But decide, I'm not going to live in this thinking. <laughs> and dad said many years ago, he, he would go by her house and put in hundreds in that little cup so she would find it. Because even in her 80s, she was still living out of the cup mentality. Poverty mentality. The way you think 
will limit you. A lot of families have a poverty mentality. Here's one. Education. A lot of families, if, if nobody in the family got a college education, that's just the norm. We don't go to college in this family. That's a limit. What if God wants you to go to college? What if God called you to get a certain degree? If you live based off your family's thinking, you'll be limited. A lot of families have limited thinking on their education, what God could do in their life. Well, college costs too much. I'm not going to go. Did God tell you to go? You know, there's relatives that'll tell you, well, you can't, you can't get into that college. You can't go here. What are they trying to do? They're trying to limit your thinking. No, you can do whatever God called you to do. If he called you to get into a school, you can go there. You can be educated. I don't care if no one in your family even graduated from high school. You don't have to be like them. But once again, that's our default. We're conformed to that, and we don't even realize we're thinking that way until someone calls it out and says, no, God's word is better. God's ways are better. God's thinking is better. And really, God wants to do so much more in your life, but you're limited because you think just like your family. So let me take a few more steps. Can we go there? Your toes are getting warmed up. You can't even feel them at this point. So if I stomp on them a few more times. <laughs> what about marriage? Children. A lot of us grew up in families where, well, it's just normal to yell and cuss and beat each other up. No, it's not. Hear me, church family, it's not. But whether you realize it or not, you're being conformed to that. So then when it shows up in your marriage and your children, you'll let it go, but it's not normal. It's not God's thinking. It's not God's word. We will live to the level of our thinking. You still with me today? What about... And for the, uh, to not offend anyone, I'll use myself in this example. (laughs) But what about racial ways of thinking that are cultural? Now let me explain what I mean to you. I'm not talking about your family was racist so you'll be a racist. That's definitely demonic and not right. But I'm talking about every race and culture of people has their own way of thinking that's cultural. And a lot of times not scriptural. (laughs) But everyone makes excuses for it because that's the way we are. And that's funny. And that's what we do. And everyone's okay with it. And it's not godly. And it's not biblical. And it's not helping us. But that's because if you try to get outside of that, they'll, they'll make comments, won't they? Oh, you're getting too good for us now. Oh, oh, oh you, you think you're better than us now. Some people are say, oh, you don't want to be white anymore. You don't want to be black anymore. You don't want to be Hispanic anymore. You don't want to be Asian anymore. People say stuff like that when people start acting different and acting more godly. 
It's not right. But those are limiters on us. And if it limits us in our thinking, it will limit what God can do in our life. Are you still receiving this this morning? I'm going to give you an example in a second. But even based off of our race and culture, sometimes we accept thinking that's not right. So, um, I'm white. Just want to let you guys know that. Um, just in case you're wondering. And if you follow my family tree, most of my family came from England or Ireland. So, top of the morning to you. So, I got some Irish in me. If certain times when my beard's grown out a certain way, I got like red hairs in there. The rest of my hair is not red, but that's my little Irish come out in me. So, Here's an example of cultural things that we accept as normal, but they're not. And if we conform to that, it will keep us limited. I could legitimately say, because this is the thing. You know how they always say, all white people are this. All black people are this. All Latinos are this. Irish. So I'm Irish. Irish are known for being drunk, being angry, and fighting. The fighting Irish. <laughs> That's why they call them that. I could say, I can do those things, and then I could blame it on my Irishness. Because a lot of people do. Well, you know I'm Irish. That's why I get drunk. You, you know, I've just got a temper problem, and I hit people, because I'm a fighting Irishman. Now, I know you think that's funny, but every culture has those same type of things. All black people do this, all white people. But is it the word? Is it God's way of thinking? Is it God's way of believing? Is it God's ways? Is it, is it being conformed or is it being transformed? Because you're just conforming to cultural racial standards so you fit in with all the rest of the dysfunctional people that are very limited of what God can do in their life. You have to decide, I'm not going to fit in this little box. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And I'm going to think the way God thinks. I'm going to talk the way God talks. And I'm not going to just identify with that way of thinking. Because that's just my family. Got to be loyal to them. That's just my race. We, well, we got to stick together. You got to stick together with Jesus in his word. End of story. Don't matter the family, don't matter the color. Now, once again, this is worldly ways of thinking I'm calling out, and some of you are getting sensitive about it. It's worldly. It's not God's word. And ultimately, it's hurting and limiting your life to keep thinking that way. So people will say, you've changed. You should be. Are you too good for us? No, I'm not too good for us. I just don't want to limit God in my life. Now, we're going to keep going here. You want me to keep going? I'll go. <laughs> so, I was thinking about this last night, and I, I was 
On my way to the restroom. Too much information, I realize. <laughs> and I was walking in the house by myself, and I was thinking about this, and, and I just, I shouted. Because this was just so good. It just popped into my head when I was thinking about this last night. I was walking to the restroom, and I was thinking, you know, pertaining to all the stuff I'm saying about family and racial ways of thinking, so many people say, well, you know, it's just the way it is because there's a generational curse. You know, there's a generational curse on certain races. There's a generational curse on certain cultures. There's a generational curse on our family. That's why we're all like this. That's why we're all messed up. But I feel like God spoke up in my spirit, man. He said, no, it's not a generational curse. It's generational thinking. Stop blaming it on the devil and a curse like you're stuck and you can't get over it. No, it's not generational curses in your family or your race. It's generational ways of thinking that never changes because no one bucks the system and says, this is not right. This is not a right way to think. This is not God's word. This is not God's way. And so it's not a generational curse. It's just called your parents gave it to you and they didn't think right. And their grandparents gave it to them and they didn't think right. And your great-grandparents gave it to them and they didn't think right. And somebody said, well, that's family's curse. No, that family thinks wrong. I told you I came to preach today. <laughs> No, you have what you've had in your family all these years, not because of a curse. Because you all just think the same way. And it limits what God can do in your life. I got to keep moving before you throw tomatoes at me. Here's another thing that affects our thinking. Just the town or city we were raised in. The region we were raised in. I love this. Dr. Sermar would always say this. It was a joke, but he, he would say, some preachers are born in Raccoon Holler and never get out. <laughs> now, what did he mean by that? He means they were born in a small town with a small way of thinking, and they never change the way they think. They never grow beyond that. They never get bigger than the place they were born in. And let's be honest, the town, the city, the region that all of us were born in has an atmosphere has a spirit, has a way of thinking that affects us more than we realize. And a lot of times we become small-minded because we came from a small place. And we can never grow beyond that until we change the way we think. Now, this area we live in, you know, we're close enough to Louisville that there is some maybe bigger thinking to some level. But I heard that Mr. Dan, he lives in Louisville. <laughs> you got to help us. But you know, we live in southern Indiana. And whether you want to admit it or not, now, sensitive. Everybody just watch it here. Because you live in the mid Midwest, there's a way of thinking. Because you live in Indiana, there's a way of thinking. Because you live in southern Indiana, there's a way of thinking. And a lot of times... We don't realize it because we don't live in bigger cities like New York and L.A. We think small compared to people like that. 
I didn't say they were right about everything they thought about. I just said we have a way of thinking small. Because we only have these type of stores here. And we only have these type of restaurants here. And the income is this here. And the jobs are available that are this here. So without you knowing it, you could think small just because of the area you're raised in. And you think it's normal because no one's ever challenged that. And it could put a limiter on you, what God can do in your life. But I want you to know this morning, your pastor does not have a limiter on him about what this church can do just because we're in southern Indiana. Just because we're in New Albany, Indiana. I don't think like New Albany, Indiana. I don't think like southern Indiana. I don't think like Indiana. I don't even think like the Midwest. Because I've been intentional with my thinking that I'm going to be bigger than this. And I'm not going to limit God. God can do whatever he wants to, even if he has to do it out in a cornfield in, in Starlet, Indiana. And Jerry and Lois will give us the property, I guess. I don't know. They're close enough. Bye. I'll just hold my badge up and say, hey, I'm a stumbler anyway. Just give me this cornfield. We're going to start preaching. But don't limit God based off just even the way you were raised or the town you're from. Trust me, it affects you more than you realize. So, actually, I'll just share this. Now, I think, I think Madison, Indiana is a wonderful place. It's beautiful. Why are you laughing already? I think it's cool because I wasn't born in Madison, Indiana. But, you know, Amzie and Michael were born in Madison, and it's a smaller area than where we live, and it's a smaller way of thinking, and both of them have said, I'm glad I got out of there because of the thinking. Beautiful place. But the thinking there affected them more than they realized because of small thinking. I can only make this much money. I can only live here. My family can only do this. God can only do this much in my life because this is where I live and everyone's the same. It's a limiter. Don't limit God. Take the limits off. We got a few more things and we'll close here. You guys get something today. Take the limits off. Here's a big thing that limits the way we think, our friends. Now, I was a youth pastor a long time, so I preached a lot about friends, but it's still true. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The people that you're closest to dramatically affect your life. And specifically, the way you think. Now, I heard this recently on a leadership podcast. They said, if you get your top five friends that you're closest to, you're going to be the average of them in every area of your life. So their health, their mind, their money, their relationships. If you average the five of those people that are closest to you, you're going to be right in the middle. If that scares you, you need new friends. If you're top five, you're like, oh, Jesus. I'm the average of you guys? I should be the leader of you guys. No, you're the average. If that scares you, you need to get better friends. You need to get 
Friends that think different, that think better, that think the word, that think progressing, that think big, they think that God can do it, that think that beyond what you're thinking about. If you're the smartest person, the most talented person, the best person in your friend group, you need new friends. How are you ever going to grow if you're the smartest person you're ever around? How are you going to progress if you have the most money in your friends group? How are you going to get beyond where you're at if you're not around anyone who's more wise and beyond you in their years? Am I helping you today? So we're the average of our top five friends. If it scares you, I would change it immediately. If it encourages you, keep those friends. Because our friendships affect the way we think. Now, with all these areas, our family, the place we were born in, and our friends, it happens almost unconsciously. That's why we don't notice it all the time. And it's just normal to think that way because everyone around us thinks that way. And no one ever questions it like, is this right? Is this God's word? Are we all thinking small here? Are we all limiting God here? That's why God gave you a pastor this morning. To take the limits off of what God can do in your life. We're going to close here soon, but in Romans 12, too, let's bring it up again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word transformed means to become completely new. In the original language, it's the word metamorpho, which is the word for metamorphosis. The word that we use when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It says that when God transforms your mind by renewing your mind and the way you think, you become a completely different and new person. The New Living says these exact words, that let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. God's word is the only thing that will take the limits off your life. God's word is the only thing that will renew your mind to the way that God thinks. So this is what we need to do. In every situation, when we think about something, we need to say, what does God say about this? For instance, yourself, if you're thinking all sorts of things about yourself that are negative, you're putting yourself down, you need to ask yourself, does God feel this way about me? Does God's word say this about me? And if it doesn't, you're being limited in your thinking. You need to say, I'm going to choose to renew my mind to God's word, and I'm going to be transformed into a new person by changing the way I think. What about when health comes up? You need to decide, is this just what I've been taught, or is this God's word? What about your money? What about your relationships? What about your sexuality? What about your priorities? We need to run everything through the filter of God's word and God's thinking if we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because we will live to the level of our thinking. Lastly, and Brother Daryl, could you come up and play for me? Let's turn to Isaiah 54 in verse 2. Notice this verse. 
God speaking to his people, he says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings and do not spare lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Let's jump back to verse two. Notice it says, enlarge the place of your tent let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. And there's a reason I'm reading this verse because the last thing I want to share with you about taking the limits off your thinking is if we're going to think the way God thinks and if we're going to think in a way that grows us, you're going to have to expose yourself to people, places, and things that will make you grow and think with no limits. I'm going to repeat that one more time. You're going to have to expose yourself to people, places, and things that will make you grow and have you think with no limits. Isaiah 54, 2 says, God speaking to his people, he says, enlarge your place. Now, I feel like he's talking about here because your, your tent in those days was your life, was your way of thinking. And God says in this verse, enlarge your way of thinking. Expose yourself to new things. Let them stretch out. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. This verse says, this is somebody who's growing. This is someone who's changing. This is someone who's exposing themselves to people, places, and things that are beyond them. So they can think bigger. And they can think different. And they can think with no limits. Now, this could be too practical for you. But you need to put yourself around people and places that get you out of your comfort zone. We love our comfort zone. That's why it's our comfort zone. Just like we love comfort food. Because it comforts us. We love our comfortable bed because it comforts us. But God's will for your life is never in the comfortable. We got to lengthen our cords and stakes. We got to stretch out. We got to enlarge ourselves in our thinking so that we don't put limits on God. Just real practically, some things. Because one of the main reasons people are stuck and stay in that way of thinking, they're never exposed to it. Yes. Now, when they do studies about people that are born in the bad part of town, born in the ghetto, the reason that a lot of them repeat those cycles is because they're never exposed to anything else. Not that they don't want to be educated. They don't know anybody educated. Not that they don't want a good job. They just don't know anybody with a good job. They would like to go vacation here or go to a store here, but they've never been there. They've never been out of their neighborhood. And because they're not exposed to it, 
Their thinking never changes. Their thinking never grows. Let's not be those type of people, church family. If we have the choice, let's get outside of the box. Let's get around some people that challenge us. Let's get around some people that will grow us. Let's get around some people that are more educated than us, that have more money than us, that have a better marriage than us, that, that have raised their kids better than us, that live differently than us. Let's get around some places and some things that will get us out of our comfort zone because until we're exposed to it, we will never grow in our thinking. I'm not talking about acting like somebody you're not. But I am talking about stretching your mind. Because guess what? As, as much as you stretch it and grow it, God's still able to do more than you can ask or think and imagine. I'm just saying, let's give God more to work with then. Let's take the limits off what God can do in our life. Let's take the limits off our thinking. Let's not limit God by the way we think. But we have to be intentional about exposing ourselves to people, places, and things that will make us grow and think better. Go to that conference that stretches you. Like, I don't know anybody there. Well, do you want to do that with your life? Yes. Go to the conference and act like you belong. Who said you couldn't do it? If God said you can do it, go to the conference. Meet some people. Stretch and grow. Some of you won't go into certain stores because you think it's beyond you. Who said? I didn't say you had to buy anything. I'm just saying you're a child of the Most High God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. There's nothing beyond you. And what God wants to do in your life. Sometimes you just need to go in a store you never shopped in just to look around and act like you belong to get your thinking bigger. Go drive a car you can't afford. You didn't have to buy it. You just got a free test drive. Just to get your thinking better. Instead of trying to find some used vehicle for a few hundred dollars on the side of the road, you got to think different. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above you all you can ask or think and imagine. But we can limit Him by our small thinking. Go intern at a company that you want to be a part of. Look, I, well, I don't have enough credentials to be here. Did God tell you to be there? Go there. Act like you belong. Did God tell you to get in that university? Go there. Be educated. Don't be intimidated. God is with you. Stretch yourself. Grow yourself. Do something new. Expose yourself to things and people and places that grow you and take the limits off your thinking. Be around people that will challenge you. Be around people that have more money than you, that are more spiritual than you that are more peaceful than you, that have a better prayer life than you, that are healthier than you are. How are you ever going to get there unless you expose yourself to it? And if you don't know those people personally, guess what? There's a thing called books. There's a thing called podcasts. There's a thing called YouTube. 
Oh, you can figure out how to do anything on YouTube. You might even make a YouTube channel while you're at it and become a millionaire. I don't know. There's ways to do it if you want to do it. Expose yourself to people, places, and things that will grow you. Are you getting something today? Because we're not going to limit God in our life. You know, what I've found when I've got around people that are on the next level, they don't think like the way we think. (laughs) That's why they got there. And when you're around them, the stuff that we're thinking is a big deal, they're like, piece of cake. We can do that. They think different. They don't think problems. They think solutions. They don't think poverty. They think prosperity. They don't think sickness. They think healing. They think on a different level. So they live on a different level. You will live to the level of your thinking. I want to challenge you this morning because I challenge myself in this way. And I'm ruthless on myself in my thinking. Because I don't ever want to be stuck. I don't want to be stuck because of the family I came from. And I have a great family. They put me in a great place. I don't have to overcome some things in my mind that you guys do. But I don't want to be stuck because of that. I don't want to be stuck because of where I was born. I don't want to be stuck because of the friends I have. I don't want to be stuck because of lack of an education. I don't want to be stuck. And that's my choice. But that's your choice too. God wants to do these things in your life, but you got to take the limits off your mind. Take the limits off your dreams. Take the limits off your call. Take the limits off your purpose. What God can do in your life and do in your family and do in your future. Take the limits off of God so He can do whatever He wants to do. And what He wants to do is exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. Are you getting something today? But you got to be strong on your mind. Every day in my life, I read stuff that challenges me. Every day in my life, I listen to podcasts that challenge me. You know, you guys can do that too. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about theology podcast I'm talking about in every area because I don't want to be stuck I don't want to be limited in what God could do in my life I'm going to give him so much to work with there's going to be no limits on my life God I'm not going to limit you in the way I think about my mind I'm not going to limit you in the way I think about my physical body I'm not going to limit you about money about leadership about family about church or anything else I'm going to take all the limits off so you're going to have so much to work with. If I can do it, you can do it. But you know, I got a big, I got a big why for the reason I do that. I got a big why. Why do I do that? Because I see the plan of God and I see the call of God, not just on my life, but on this church, what we're called to do together. And guess what? It's not going to take some small-minded thinking preacher. 
some poverty-minded thinking preacher who thinks just like everybody else. No, to be a region-changing church, you're going to have to have region-changing thinking. You're going to have to think big about every area. And guess what? As a church family, if we're going to get there, I don't need the only be the only person who's thinking that way. You need to think that way. Your family needs to think that way. Your marriage needs to think that way. Because we are called to do something great personally and corporately together at Church on the Rock. Don't let our thinking be the thing that limits it. We don't all want to get to heaven and God said, I had this plan for you. I had a region changing church for you. But you thought down here. So you never got there. Not on my watch. Not in my life. But I'm saying as your pastor, with all the passion I have, not in your life either. Not in your family either. Not in your kids either. Not in your future either. We're taking the limits off of what God can do. What he can do in our family. What he can do in our health. What he can do in this church. What he can do in our future. Taking the limits off of God. Take the limits off of God. You got to be okay with being different. You got to be okay with that. You know, I want to be different. Why? Because I want different results than everybody else. My favorite story in the Bible is Joshua and Caleb. There was millions of people that said they couldn't do it in fear. And there was two that said they could do it. And it said they had a different spirit. They had a different way of thinking. They had a different way of believing. And guess what? The two that were different got into everything that God had for them. The two that were different got into the promised land. The two that were different did everything that God called them to do. And there was millions of other people around them that didn't get in because they never changed the way they thought. They were limited. And all those people died in the wilderness. And God said, the only reason you're not going in is because you don't think different. They thought wilderness. They didn't think promised land. You know, the thing that was easy was God got them out of Egypt. That was the easy part. But they didn't get in the promised land because he didn't get Egypt out of them. And the same is true for all of us in here. God brought you out of some stuff, but you got to get that worldliness out of you. You got to get that conformed thinking out of you. You got to get those limits out of you. You got to get those governors off of your mind and say, no, I take the limits off of what you can do in my life. It's not good enough that he got you out of Egypt. You got to get Egypt out of you. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on, can we stand up today? I preached myself happy this morning. Can we bring up that verse one more time? In Isaiah 54, in verse 2, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. And do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Verse 3. This is a word for all of us in here. For you shall expand. 
to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. Now this is so important because you think you're thinking just about you. You're thinking so selfish right now. Your thinking is about your kids and your kids' kids and your children's children's children. Stop just thinking about you. No, I'm thinking different because of Natalie. I'm thinking differently about when she has kids when she's 50 years old. Not anytime soon. It's only nine. It's not just about you. When you start thinking differently, notice your descendants, they'll be in a different place than you were ever at. And they will inherit the nations and they will make the desolate cities inhabited. All those places in your life that were dead and broken, they're going to come back to life again because you changed the way you think. All those places that have been destroyed by the enemy, they're going to be back to the place that they should be because you changed the way you thought. Come on, can we lift our hands this morning? Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.